1: If you've loved someone deeply enough or suffered great pain or grief, sadly, chances are you've experienced a pain in your heart that you can only often describe as feeling like your heart has been broken. Well, in fact, research has shown that the first 30 days after a loved one passes away, your risk of dying can also increase. Just think of Debbie Reynolds passing away just one day after her daughter Carrie Fisher. Well, today we're going to speak to Associate Professor Paul Langton, cardiologist from University Cardiology, about broken heart syndrome. Can we die of a broken heart? So we're with Associate Professor Paul Langton, and we're going to speak about broken heart syndrome. Thanks for joining us, Paul. My pleasure. So what is broken heart syndrome?
0: It's, we've always known that people can have heart problems in situations of great stress, and many people will have heard stories of someone whose spouse has died and that person has then died within days uh, of the event. And people talk about this concept of broken heart. Most of us will have experienced some sort of emotional stress in our time and we know that it can give that,
1: yeah, that deep seat like of I've...
0: discomfort in the middle of your chest.
1: Yeah, and A lot
0: of people sort of refer to that as the soul.
1: Yeah.
0: But there is a, a well-recognised discrete heart problem that can mimic a heart attack and and that's what we're talking about today in, in the classic broken heart syndrome and maybe it's just an exaggeration of that experience that most of us have had.
1: Yeah so is it so it's brought on by emotion?
0: In fact it's the other name is called a stress related cardiomyopathy. Yes. Cardiomyopathy just means a weak heart muscle. Okay. Or there's a, a, a Japanese description where it was first described called Takusubu Syndrome, Mm
1: -hmm. and and
0: that refers to the particular pattern which represents an octopus pot that the Japanese uh, use when they're fishing.
1: Yeah.
0: So it it was recognised in in Japan in the 90s, but but really in the Western world over the last 15 to 20 years, and increasingly so in the last decade. And it can mimic a heart attack in that people uh, will have an event usually brought on shortly after either a severe physical or emotional stress so okay. it can be either of those things that bring on a stress cardiomyopathy that's oh. mimicking a heart attack and really when people come into hospital often it looks very much like a heart attack and yeah. it's only after we check out their heart blood vessels and realize they don't have a sudden obstruction of a coronary artery that is the normal cause of a heart attack that we realised that in that case it's probably related to one of these broken heart syndromes.
1: Okay. So can you die from it then?
0: It's thought that the risk of death is less than the risk with a true heart attack. Mm. But there certainly have been cases of severe heart failure or deaths. They're probably much less common than with a heart attack,
1: Mm. but
0: it's certainly something that we would still treat very seriously Mm. while we're working out what's going on. And making sure that the that each patient is okay.
1: And are more are people more prone to um, suffer from this? You know, or
0: suffers are very subjective too. Yeah, that's so true. So there's there's two ways of looking at it. If it's occurring in the setting of a severe emotional stress, as opposed to a physical stress, then of course there's this suffering related to that, which is often an ongoing thing. If you mm. if uh, you've lost a loved one and There's a grieving process that's naturally part of that. And likewise, if you've had a severe physical stress, there may be an associated physical injury. Mm. One particular patient I recall very well was a relatively young man, and and that's a bit unusual. But he'd he'd had a very, very heavy object dropped on his foot and his foot was badly smashed up and then he developed the broken heart as a consequence of that.
1: So does that happen straight away? So would he hurt his foot and then... You feel these feelings? It often
0: happens within hours or a day. So if someone's lost a loved one, you might have the symptoms increasing over the next day or two. But if it's a a sudden physical injury, it's usually within hours.
1: Wow.
0: One other um, patient was... uh, a woman who had who had uh, gone through her menopause a few years earlier, and that's a, that's the very typical type of patient this affects. Yeah. And she'd been doing very very vigorous physical activity. She was a very very fit lady, and she'd been mountain biking at altitude overseas. Mm. And in her case, it was probably the extreme physical stress that brought up on the condition later on the same day. Wow. So there are a variety of different situations. But generally it's occurring quite soon after the stressful event.
1: Okay. So what are the symptoms that you would feel of a heart attack or broken heart syndrome? What would you feel?
0: In both cases, the classic is a discomfort in the chest. People often talk about chest pain, but pain is a word that means different things for different Different people. Yeah. And when we're talking about a, a heart attack or a broken heart syndrome that pain is often experienced as a severe tightness or sometimes a heaviness rather than a sharp, stabbing Mm. pain that people typically think about. And that's often associated with a degree of breathlessness. Mm. Now, we all get a bit breathless if we, for instance, climb up a few flights of stairs. What we're talking about here is an unusual degree of breathlessness for the situation. So there are the two main things. And then sometimes you'll have other things like Uh, lightheadedness from low blood pressure or nausea or sweating and and feeling anxious. But they're, they're specific features. It's mainly chest pain and shortness of breath.
1: Okay. So, can it actually then bring on a heart attack?
0: When we talk about a, a, a classic heart attack, that means a, a large blood vessel on the outer surface of the heart has blocked off suddenly.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: if that blockage goes for more than a couple of hours, then there will be death of heart muscle, mm. and 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 that's an irreversible thing. And in the same way as if you. Uh, cut a, a deep bit of skin, mm. the, the skin might repair, but you'll be left with a scar there. Yes. So in the situation of a, a significant heart attack, there will be a residual scar. OK. This, uh, this stress-related broken heart syndrome is a bit different in that we can see blood markers that, mm. s- t- that tell us that the heart's under a degree of stress and that there's some, some diffuse low-level damage. Mm. However, if people get through that initial early phase, normally the heart completely recovers and there is no residual scar
1: yeah so
0: so um the blood test might show some damage initially but it's not permanent scarring damage in the same way as a large heart attack would cause
1: okay so then is that possible that someone might suffer these symptoms but not get to hospital and then they might not even know that they've had this happen to them or
0: well i think that's quite quite true that Mm. what we are probably seeing is only the more severe cases yeah and there are probably many uh, cases of less severe um broken heart that that really the heart just heals by itself and, and that's where I guess the, the miracles the of love the and human
1: s- body, <laughs> correct,
0: and, and the love and support of, of your friends and family are, yeah, are important as well.
1: That's true. So,
0: so even in the severe cases that come to hospital, with time, the heart mm. will normally recover, and the recovery, I might say, is much quicker than the recovery recovery that we would typically see after a heart attack.
1: Okay, and so how common is it that this hap- that this could happen? It, it's
0: it's an evolving area where we recognise that more readily now than we may have in the past. Mm. However, in the past, we were mainly seeing people with very major heart attacks, and it's probably only a small fraction of them, perhaps 1% or less. Now we're encouraging people to get to hospital sooner, and we're Mm. seeing people with milder degrees of heart attack, Mm. and we're also seeing more people with broken heart. So within that less severe cohort of people, it might represent 1% or 2% of all cases. Mm-hmm. It has a, a, an unequal distribution, so it turns out that girls are a little bit more prone to this phenomenon than boys, mm. and in particular, girls after they go through their menopause. Okay. So it's definitely related to physical or emotional stress that releases a series of stress hormones, but it looks like girls after the menopause that is when they're, when oestrogen's been removed mostly from their bodies, they become very much prone, more prone to this uh, condition. Okay. So we're seeing broken heart perhaps in, in 3 or 4% of postmenopausal women presenting with what otherwise would look like a heart attack.
1: Okay. And so what's the treatment for this condition? So you've been diagnosed with it. So how do you get yourself well?
0: Well, in fact, you have to take a little bit of a step back because... Yeah. We can make a clever diagnosis later, but when someone first presents to a yeah. heart at- to a hospital, we would assume that they're having a heart attack, and we would treat them as if this could be a heart attack, because that's the most likely condition. Mm. If um, if we have a t- particular type of heart attack which is associated with ECG changes called an elevated ST segments, we would normally try and take that person to the heart operating theatre and do an angiogram and if there's a very major blockage we try and get that opened up by a variety of means. Mm-hmm. In the situation of a broken heart someone would present with what looks like a heart attack mm-hmm. and if they had those ECG changes we'd take them to the lab and what we'd find is that the heart arteries are perfectly fine
1: yeah, right.
0: and, and at that point we'd say well because it looked like a heart attack but in, in fact the arteries are perfectly open it, this may be a episode of broken heart. sometimes in less severe cases we won't need to go straight to the cath lab and we might do an ultrasound of the heart so so either at the time of an angiogram in the severe cases or at the time of an ultrasound in the less severe cases we'll see this characteristic shape of how the the bottom half to two-thirds of the heart is not really working properly Mm. but the top part of the heart or the base of the heart is still squeezing normally and that that's the diagnostic pattern once we see that We would generally give people beta blockers, that is uh, medication to block the effect of excessive levels of adrenaline and noradrenaline. They're the two main stress hormones in the body. Mm -hmm. And if the heart muscle is is quite weak, we'd also use a a medication called an ACE inhibitor Mm -hmm. because we know in other circumstances that helps the heart to recover from any sort of injury. So they're the mainstays of treatment. But in reality, we don't have very big clinical trials to inform us. Mm. Uh, we just have the the idea of what we believe is the likely cause and and the fact if there's a weak heart muscle that, that we're using, that combination of beta blockers and or ACE inhibitors, which we know is very effective in other circumstances.
1: So how then would you prevent this from happening to you?
0: I, I don't think there's any easy way of preventing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it may be that with less uh, women going on to hormone replacement therapy after the menopause that we're seeing it a bit more frequently now. Mm. It, so, so use of hormone replacement may have been preventing it, mm. but that's a speculative thing. If you've had an episode, then, then there are um, some people who will continue to use a beta-blogger in the belief that that might prevent a recurrence. Mm. And I've certainly had a couple of patients Who've had recurrent episodes of this broken heart
1: wow. uh,
0: condition? That's quite uncommon. Most people will only have one episode, mm. but I don't think there's an easy way of preventing it.
1: Yeah, and so ultimately, stress can affect our heart. Then is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. That's ultimately a you know whether it's emotional stress or physical stress.
0: Yeah, but these are these are sudden, severe, unpredictable stresses, mm. and 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 these are events that are part of life. So. It's not something that we can easily prevent.
1: Yeah. No, that's excellent. So thank you so much. I think we've all learned a little bit more about broken heart syndrome. And thanks for speaking about it today.
0: Always my pleasure. Thank you, Danae.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Please send me an email of any medical topics you would love to learn more about by simply emailing me at danae at meditalk.com.au. Danae, D-A-N-A-E, at meditalk.com.au. Stay well and let's talk soon.